Abba Father, thank you for your love and grace. Thank you that you do you you do take our messes and sin and ego and pride and all the mess that we bring, and you still manage to accomplish the work of your kingdom. What grace, what wondrous love is this? Would you please give us ears to hear and eyes to see tonight, please? We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Isaiah 33, and this is so rich. Um, I want to remind you that the great enemy of Israel is coming from the north. It's Assyria, and it is bad news. They're like the global superpower, and they're terrifying, and get the idea of Russia, mighty Russia, crossing the border into Ukraine, can you imagine seeing those tanks, the war machines of Russia, and how that would strike terror in the heart of the Ukrainian people? All right, that's exactly what's going on. You've got Assyria and their war machine, and they're famous for their horses, by the way, war horses. <clears throat> way, way, way to the east of Israel, there was a people group, a tribe known as the Parthians, and they had war horses, in fact, they were famous for their ability to ride and shoot at the same time. And um, they were lethal <clears throat> with a bow. And Rome was actually afraid of Parthia. So Assyria is coming north and they're already, they've already dominated and, and taken out Samaria and they're just moving south, headed to Jerusalem. And they've already taken Judah. Now, Hezekiah, you might remember King Hezekiah. Mishal, he has already paid off <clears throat> Sennacherib and the Assyrian army. He's already paid him off. It's called tribute. Tribute, right? Mm -hmm. Taxes. It's the same question, Phyllis, when, when the, the Pharisees tried to trip Jesus up. Should he pay taxes to Caesar or not? That's tribute. You're conquered by Rome. Now you're going to pay for it. And so it's identical Hezekiah pays tribute money trying to buy safety. I'll pay you, don't attack me. <clears throat> well, Sennacherib takes the money and still launches an attack. So they're cruel, they're exploiting, it's really tough. And so right out of the gate, here's what happens in, in Isaiah 33. Whoa, remember that Hebrew word, hoy, means something really bad is happening. When you see whoa, it means it's shock. Bad things are happening. So woe to you, destroyer. While you are not destroyed, woe, and he who is treacherous, the treacherous one, while others did not deal treacherously with him, as soon as you finish destroying, you'll be destroyed. As soon as you cease to deal treacherously, other, others will deal treacherously with you. In other words, Assyria is coming down in a fury and showing no mercy to the ones who they conquer. God is saying, that's how you're going to be treated. Okay. Now, immediately, my mind goes to Matthew 7. Judge not so that you're not judged. 
because the standard of judgment that you render to others is going to be the standard that you are judged by. That's Matthew 7, 1 and 2. We drop down to Matthew 12, or 7, 12, and it says, Therefore I say to you, treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. So Assyria is just literally swallowing up these little nations as it moves south. And out of that comes a prayer. And Isaiah says, Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their strength every morning, our salvation, also in the time of distress. <clears throat> so something good is happening. The threat of the judgment of Assyria is leading in repentance. It's a bit of a national revival. The threat of judgment is drawing people back to God. Um, can someone read Isaiah 25, 9? You want to get that, Phyllis? Isaiah 25, 9, and the idea of waiting. It's one of my favorite verses. Yeah, go ahead, Phyllis, when you're ready. In that day they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in him. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Yes, yes. <clears throat> this is the God whom we've waited for. I love that language, yeah. And he's repeating that idea. Be gracious to us, God. We've waited. We're waiting for you. Be their strength. So the word in Hebrew strength, it actually means arm. And so in war, um, soldiers would typically move into position at daybreak and they would bear their arms they would say my biceps are bigger than your biceps you know and look at my my weapons and my my war machine and they would literally strike try to strike terror in the enemy do you remember the story of, of david and goliath remember the philistines on one side of the valley the hill and israel on the other side of the hill and they're literally trying to show off their muscles you know, and, you know, taunt, and they had their war songs and their battle cries. And finally, they bring out the big giant of Philistia, and they go, I'll tell you what, if anybody can beat me, you know, you, we'll all be your slaves. And, of course, it's a big shouting match, and Goliath taunts Israel and all those things. And then, then this little ruddy kid comes up and says, what's going on? You remember the story. So that's typically how a lot of battle exchanges uh, occurred in Old Testament culture. So, Lord, bear your arm every morning. Show them your strength, your salvation. Verse 3, at the sound of a roar, peoples flee. At the lifting up of yourself, nations disperse. Your plunder is gathered as... The caterpillar gathers like an infestation of locust people. Swarm it. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high, and he has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. I love verse 6. He will be the stability of your times. 
a wealth of salvation, wisdom, knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Beautiful language. So let's talk about stability, uh, political, religious culture. Uh, do you think we're a stable nation? Oh my goodness. If you get on Twitter, if you get on uh, other, other social media outlets, <clears throat> teachers being half bludgeoned to death and bludgeoned at schools by kids and kids beating up kids. Did you see the, the uh, footage of a girl getting attacked by about eight girls <clears throat> and the principal shielding her? I mean, it's crazy. Kids are going nuts at school, and they're, it, it, it's like, what's the word I'm looking for? Anarchy. What's that? Wild dogs. It's crazy. And by the way, there's hundreds of these videos out. You know, it's crazy. Our culture is radically unstable. Our borders are not stable. By the way, that was one of the reasons why Rome fell, because Rome didn't have stable borders. The borders were porous. And the Germanic people groups from the north and all these other groups, they weren't safe. And um, um, you don't know this, Freddie and Josue, but my nephew <clears throat> is a first-year rookie border patrol officer. And he said, Uncle Chris, it's way worse than you're getting on the news. It's way worse. <clears throat> the hundreds of thousands of people pouring into our borders. It's not stable. So um, if you're Ukrainian, okay, and you hear the Russian tanks coming in, and you hear their jets flying over, the MiG, the MiG jet, their, their fighter jets, mm -hmm and you hear the rockets and you hear the explosions, you think you'd be afraid? Would that destabilize? You'd be a little, little afraid? I mean, I would. You know, be scared to death, right? A serious coming. You've already heard the reports. Samaria fell. And in the daytime, you'd be able to see the cloud of dust coming. And that would destabilize. And so you get this contrast in verse 2 we're, we're going to wait on you, God. And he's going to be the one that calms you down. He'll be your stability in these times. A wealth of salvation, <clears throat> wisdom, and knowledge. Yeah. It's this really serious language when a seer is knocking on the door, you know. It's really serious. Behold, their brave men cry out, cry out in the streets. Their ambassadors of peace are weeping bitterly. The highways are desolate. The traveler is seized. He has broken the covenant. He has despised the cities. He has no regard for mankind. It is bad in northern Israel. It's really bad. The land mourns and wastes away. Lebanon is shamed and withers. Lebanon's been conquered. Ooh. Sharon is like a desert plain. Bashan and Carmel lose their foliage. Now I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will be exalted. Now I will be lifted up. And he talks, and now Isaiah's writing this prayer. So now it's like he's talking to Israel, who's faithless in her idolatry, or even the Assyrians in their pride. 
you have conceived chaff and you're going to give birth to stubble. My breath will consume you like fire. What he's saying is the best, the best of human ingenuity possible is nothing. It's like a woman who conceived chaff and gives birth to, to, you know, tinder, something that would start a fire easily, stubble. The peoples will be burned to lime like cut thorns which are burned in the fire. You who are far away, hear what I've done. You who are near, acknowledge my might. (laughs) You think Assyria is strong. It's nothing. I can burn him up with my breath, right? Now pay attention to 14. Sinners are terrified. Trembling has seized the godless. Okay, so get a perspective here. People who are godless and wicked and atheists or agnostic, agnostic, when they are confronted by God, it's terrifying. The wicked, the godless, when confronted by God, are terrified. Trembling has seized the godless. Yeah. Who among us can live with a consuming fire? Who among us can live with everlasting burning? Boy, sounds almost like the threat of hell here, right? And then, hold your thought. Everybody turn over to Hebrews. I want you to see this. Go to Hebrews. I want you to see the uh, language that the writer uses here. Um... Um, look at chapter 10 verse 26 10.26 of Hebrews if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversary So even Hebrews taps into what Isaiah says, that our God is a consuming fire, and he's going to judge by the words of his mouth and his breath, right? So back at 14, who among us can live, who can face God, essentially is what he's saying. How do you face God, right? The godless man, scared to death, trembles, he's terrified. Look who, this is the man who can stand in front of God and not be afraid, One who walks righteously, speaks with integrity. One who rejects unjust gain and shakes his hand so that they hold no bribe. One who stops his ears from hearing about bloodshed and he shuts his eyes from looking at evil. That man, that woman, will dwell on the heights. 
His refuge will be like the impregnable rock, and his bread will be given to him, and his water will be sure. Matthew 7, seek, you're going to find, ask. That's beautiful language. That is the person who doesn't have to be afraid of God. Sometimes we're afraid of God because we are disobeying God. Right? Okay. Verse 17. This man who's, who walks righteously, he will see the king in his beauty. They will see a distant land. All right? Can we do a contrast? From verse 14, when sinners see God, they're terrified. When a righteous man sees God, sees the king, he sees beauty. Yeah. So great question. How do you see God? <laughs> Is he beautiful? Do you see Jesus? Is he attractive? Is he? Do you see the love in his eyes? The gentleness, the smile on his face? This amazing love, do you see that? Or is he terrifying? Well, Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked man flees when nobody chases him. Numbers 32.23, Be sure of this, your sins will find you out. It's going to happen. So your eyes will see the king in his beauty. Your heart will meditate on terror. Now we're shifting back to the disobedient. Where, where is one who counts? Where is one who weighs? Where is one who counts the towers? You will no longer see a fierce people, a people of an unintelligible speech, which no one comprehends, or of a stammering tongue, which no one understands. Look at Zion, the city of our appointed feast. Your eyes will see Jerusalem an undisturbed settlement, a tent which will not be folded. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its ropes be torn apart. But there, the majestic one, the Lord, will be for us a place of rivers and wide canals on which no boat with oars will go on which no mighty ships will pass. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, and he will save us. That is beautiful, beautiful language. Do you remember Isaiah 9, 6? Behold a virgin will give birth to a baby, right? What are we going to call him? Wonderful counselor, right? Everlasting father, prince of peace, okay? And... What about his, his government? Will there be an end to it? No, look at this as our judge or a lawgiver, a king. Yeah. There's going to be such blessing that even the ship's tackle will hang slack. It cannot hold the base of its mast, nor spread out the sail. Then the prey of an abundant spoil will be divided. Those who limp will take the plunder, and no resident will say, I am sick. The people who live there will be forgiven their wrongdoing. What a beautiful place to be in Zion at that time when God restores his people. Okay, so question. Let's pull this into our world. This is around 700 BC. Let's pull it into our world. What in Isaiah 33 applies to us today? I mean, I'm not too much, you know, into it here. Um.
I, I, I look to see Jesus' face. I long for that. I yearn to yeah. be in his presence. It's going to be beautiful when you see him. Oh, yes. I mean, he's beautiful now, and I don't see him. Yeah. I, I, I just, those pictures just do not, you know, it just <laughs> freaks me out because I, I just don't think they do him justice. Exactly. <laughs> but um, but we, we live in this time. We're living in these times that he's mm-hmm. talking about. Um, church that I attend on Sunday morning, <laughs> okay, I teach Sunday school class, and there's a lady from Russia, she's Ukrainian, she, she <clears throat> lives in Ukraine, and her daughter has lived over there and has gotten her over, her son is still there, and uh, she's a believer, Wow. she walked to our church two Sundays in a row before I figured out she was walking, you know, because I asked her, you know, she doesn't speak English, by the way. And she's getting better. She's getting better. <laughs> but um, she she came and um, was brought her into our Sunday school class and and um, I took her home. I did take her home. And I you know, I was trying to communicate, we can pick you up, I can pick you up, the bus can pick you up, somebody. But and finally Corey, who is our Leash chief here in Yeah, Corey Pickard. Yeah. yeah, he kind of speaks J- Russian, okay, so thank goodness. And he's our little, our police guy over there. So anyway, he asked her and he told her, he says, you know, we can pick you up. And, and she gave us her address. She was able to write that down. Um, but um, what was amazing as when you teach this word, when you love Jesus and you lift up Jesus, she understood it. And mm-hmm, I don't speak mm-hmm. Ukraine or Russian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she says, I know what you say. And I, I'm thinking, oh man, I got that Pentecost thing going on. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's the Lord does that. Yes. He gives that. Yeah. And uh, she she doesn't have any income or anything. Her, her, now her son and daughter law, I don't think they're, you know, they don't go along with what she does. And uh, she has a grandson, and she's so concerned over him, so we pray a lot for him. And, mm-hmm. and he would love to come. Of course, we don't have Sunday school right now, so if she lives with, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be a downer here. I mean, I just, I just don't understand that. Because uh, we don't have children. We don't have church. We don't yeah. pass it on. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I know things happen, but anyway. But she is such a breath of fresh air, and she comes. And um, she, I, you know, of course, I call on my people and stuff and, and pray with them and everything. And she's just, uh, you know, she just w- waits for Sunday, mm. you know, which kind of helps me because I kind of wait on Sunday too. But it's the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. It should be a day. We ought to come together and, and lift him up and be his people.
she came in. And of course, we was trying to explain to her, you know, you have, you have no money and everything. And, and I don't, you know, I talk a lot about Jesus, so I don't really, that's just my language. And I mean, she says, I gotta go get my brother. I said, okay. And so she goes and gets him. And, and he says, so, so you like Jesus, huh? I said, uh, yeah, I do. I said, I think, you know, he's tops in my world, okay? He says, you know, doesn't it just kill you when people, when we have songs that don't have Jesus or the blood in it? I said, oh my gosh. And my <laughs> friends go, oh no, we got another Freddie around here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, and I'm sitting there thinking, these are angels. Because I was really needing some you know, the Lord to show me that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you know how the devil works for you. You know, when you're, when you want to lift up Jesus, he attacks. Mm. I mean, it's, it's sad, but he does. And people that you would never think will attack you because, oh, you don't need to do that. You know, you don't need to talk like that or whatever. And uh, here are these people, and they came to church, I invited them. Mm. And they said, well, uh, and I, I greet on the side door, I don't greet on the front door. I help those that can, I, we help, you know, we have a lot of handicaps and stuff, so I greet on the side there, and they come early, by the way, okay, they're, they're not those stragglers that, you know, late. So anyway, I, he says, well, I'll see you in the, in, in the front. I said, no, you won't see me in the front, because I, I do on the side, so if you want to see me, you're going to have to come to the side, and uh, so they came to the side. I really didn't think, you know, I didn't know if they was really going to come or not. You know, I prayed for them, but I, you know, and uh, they came, and, and I said, you know, this is a women's class. I said, we like guys, okay? We like Are guys people. okay? Yeah. Guys are okay. yeah. I mean, you know, guys are okay, but I mean, you know, there's a men's class right here. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I came here. I want to see if you really back up what you're talking about. Oh. So... Needless to say, undoubtedly, I must have, okay? So he, they come about every other Sunday, Saturday. And, uh, mm, that's so and they're, but, they're, but we finally figured out they're from Cuba. See, they never did tell, they just said they were from Miami. So we figured, you know. The same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he has a, a Cuban food truck. Okay. And so, and I'm hoping is Randall that, and Chad went there. Is that the one that the Chad was saying? Yeah, yeah, out there. Uh, on Wednesday, they're out there at that little farmer's market. Up. Uh, yeah. Past the schools, back yeah. schools and stuff yeah. there. Good. So anyway, Good. we're going to go out there and check it out. Said, there you go. Be nice. There you go. And yeah. so anyway, we. Yeah. But I mean, it's just amazing how the Lord can bring people in to your midst when you yes. think you're going to be exiting, and He keeps bringing these people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm not. I'm not trying. I look. I love my church. I love my people. But I'm not being fed, and I have to be fed. Yes, yes, ma'am. And y'all, y'all seem to love the Lord, and you like the scriptures. It's man, love God's word. I'm really thankful for that. I just want y'all to know that. Yes, I appreciate you. you letting me come and oh, man. study with you. Yeah, you know? my joy. And, uh, it was so good to see you last Sunday. I, it I was. Well, let me tell you what. <laughs> So anyway, I, I asked Melissa, you know, she's our secretary, of course, she's the one that, you know, I told her, I said, you know, I think I'm going to be going to church, church, at Christ Church on Sunday. You know, I can teach, 
and I can go because I don't have Sunday school, so I can come to church here. And she says, well, there's nothing wrong with that. We've got a whole lot of people that just co that come to Sunday school and go to church. I said, well, I kind of figured that. She said, I said, but I mean, I'm not, you know, I just feel I need yeah. something yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, you got to be fed, um, got to be on. And, uh, Church has to honor God's word. You cannot that's compromise. Right. And I just can't. can't I mean, I, and and I'm sure it's me. I'm sure I'm the the horrible person that doesn't agree with a lot of stuff. I'm not, you know. But but anyway, that's my story. You're gonna stick to it. And I'm gonna stick to it. There you go. And I do love them, and I do pray for them. Yeah, sure. I pray for our leaders. I pray sure. for their, their uh, salvation. <clears throat> You know, the Lord reveals to us who's is who. Yes. You know, we have to listen. You know, I got all these old women in my, well, I'm old too, it's okay. I can call them old women sometimes. And uh, I told them, I said, you know, you got to listen to what they say. You know, if it's not lining up with this word, you got to understand that. Yes. yes. And uh, that's, that's what's happening. Right. Okay. Right. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not mad at it, I, but that's sure, what's happening. Sure, I got you, yeah. And yeah. Um, I keep getting, when I say something, I get bad feedback. I mean, it's not, well, you know, that's that's not the way we do it or yeah. whatever. And I said, well, what about the word? I mean, you know, why, what, what about that? And said, yeah, okay, but, you know, it doesn't change. Mm. So it's mm. in, our, in, our, in our church. I hate to say it, it's dying. Yeah, yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, um, there's too many scriptures that speak mm -hmm. of God's truth as being life. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and it's the, the thing that I, I mean, you know, and there's, you know, there's no repentance, you know. No, no yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, it's tough. No, but we all are. You know, we all sin. We all have to. We're all in process. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just wish, I hope that y'all will pray for me that I will be Christ like. Stay the course. Absolutely. Yeah, stay the course. Yeah. Anybody else on Isaiah 33? And I just, I just want yes. to say, I was looking at the cross reference here and it had that same song that we talked about, what was it, about probably a year ago now? Psalm 27 4. The one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. And I just think that's beautifully said. That's how that's how our hearts should be. Just, you know, set on that whole idea of, you know, what is it, one day and out in his courts is better than a thousand days out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's such a nice, it's such a beautiful desiring that just even in the outside courts <laughs> is so much better than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's just part of the majestic beauty of how how God is, how he how he works. And yeah, and, and I so think good. it's interesting that the people that have all this knowledge, I think in a way, also what is it? Um, uh, what is it at here? Talking about yeah. So he's, he's in there talking about who, uh, where is the scribe, uh, where is he who weighs, who, where is he who counts the powers. In a way, it's kind of like, you know, especially nowadays, with all the scientists thinking they know everything's all set up. And they say, well, we can prove, now, yeah, you're, 
there's no God, that exists and not all it is. And then, you know, when God comes around and just shows them how much they're wrong, that's, that's going to be pretty wild. <laughs> See the, the fear in their face. Oh, we didn't, we didn't account for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, overlook that one. Yeah. So, uh, please stay the course with me over the next few Wednesdays because when we get to Isaiah 66 in the next few chapters, it is very profound because Assyria comes down and goes face to face with the king of Israel. There's a face-off, and it records the conversation between these guys. It's going to be amazing. It's so telling on what, what happens historically. So um, let me... Uh, quote from Paul's writings. He says that what I received I have delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread and said this is my body which is for you. In a very real way if this was a Passover feast what should Jesus have said? Should he have picked up a loaf and blessed it? And if he did that, we'd all go, wow, that's so cool. He picked up some lamb and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Tear a piece off and eat it. But he doesn't. And it's Passover season. Season of unleavened bread. You'd think that he would have done that. And so, instead, he says, bread. Can anybody conject why, <laughs> Sabrina? Why would he do that? Because he's the lamb. He's the lamb. He's the lamb. Yeah. You'd think he would have offered up lamb if it's Passover meal. It was the cheapest thing to give. Interesting. But bread, everybody, he is the bread of life. He's the bread of life. He was the one thing that everybody would have. And if Jesus could see the future, and he can, and he knew that the mission he was launching was going to go global, then in order to make this moment accessible to all peoples and all cultures, bread would be the perfect means to do that. So he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and said, this is my body, which is for you. In like manner, after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And as one of the gospel writers says, for the remission of sins. Take from it all of you. Drink it. By the way, the cup is singular. They would have passed around a goblet. And it would have been real wine too, by the way. Take from it all of you and drink. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He is the one whom we have waited on. It's good to wait. Let me pray and bless and then take the Lord's Supper. Father, thank you for your love and your grace. As pretty have said, we are all sinners. There's no not one who seeks you. And yet we now have been renewed. We've been born again. And we now have the mind of your son. Thank you so much. Thank you that you have created within us clean hearts, O oh God. 
So we take the cup, we, we take the bread, and we remember you. You are our stability. You are safe. You are our judge, our lawgiver, our ruler, our king. And to see you is to see something beautiful beyond description. Thank you, Abba Father. Blessed in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. And then it might be worth it.